Good morning. Good morning. So as is most important during this time, the the Jewish response is every single time we meet, every time you meet with a group of friends during this time and you feel helpless, we replace that helpless feeling with three things, charity, prayer, and study. And so as we've been doing since the war broke out, we'll do that. We'll start off. I have uh, my Sadaka box here. And I'll put a little coin in. That's all you have to do is just put a coin in. So that doesn't have to be, you know, people think of charity. Oh, I have to think about how much I have to give and I have to give a certain amount. No, just a coin. And I'll tell you what I do is right next to my charity box, I have $20 in nickels. And I just continue every day using my nickels and putting my nickels in. And when all the nickels are in my tzedakah box, I know there's $20 in nickels in there. So I take $20 bill, I put it in the box, and I take the nickels, and I put them out, and I put them on my tray right next to it. And I keep on using the same nickels. So it's not about amount, it's about frequency. Well, there's amount, but there's also the value of frequency, of of giving charity every day, maybe during this time, I would say a number of times a day. It also replaces that helpless feeling. So there's our charity. Next, we will go to prayer. We'll do two prayers today. Right now, at at our meeting here right now, because I... uh, I'm about to head out, and as part of heading out, you have to be very aware of where the rockets are falling. I have all the various apps, and I see actually right now, as we are meeting here, there's been a barrage of rockets. Yeah. And so um, this, this we will say a, a chapter of Tilium for those who, uh, who need it the most, those people who are truly, truly affected by this it's very it's it's very hard for us to sometimes feel that that intensity that is felt there but we really it's it's so important that we not turn our our mind away from it so um we'll do chapter 121 in Tilim. i'll do it in hebrew and i'll translate it to english shirla malot esayanai el haharim me'ayin yavo ezri Ezri me'im Adonai, Oseh shamayim va'aretz al yitain lamot raglecha, al yanum shomrecha, hinei lo yanum, v'lo yushan shomer Yisrael, Adonai shomrecha, Adonai tzilcha, al yad yeminecha, yomam ha'shemesh lo yakeka, v'yareach balayla, Adonai yishmar chamikora, yishmar et nafshecha, Adonai yishmar tzedchavoecha me'atavi ad olam. A song by David to be sung on the steps of the Holy Temple. I lift my eyes while atop the mountains, searching from where my help will come. But I know my search is futile, because my help comes only from God, and I must look to him. For he is the maker of heaven and earth, and oversees the affairs of this world. God is a worthwhile support, because he will not let your foot slip, your guard Your guardian does not slumber. 
for even a moment and will always protect you. For behold, God, the guardian of Israel, does not slumber and certainly does not sleep. God is your guardian. God is your protective shade, always at your right hands to protect you from danger. The heat of the sun will not harm you by day, nor will the coolness of the moon cause illness at night. God will guard you from all evil. He will guard your soul. God will guard you in your going and in your coming now and forever. Amen. Amen. We will now Amen. say a, a, a short prayer for those who are currently in captivity, the hostages. Israel announced that they have notified the families of 203 hostages, though they believe there are more, but there are 203 identified hostages right now. And anyone, I don't care what their political stance is right now, anyone that is a free thinking person should understand that there is no reason at all, at all for innocent people, children, babies to be hostage during this time. There is absolutely no justification. I don't care what anyone says and that these hostages need to be returned unscathed immediately. And we'll say this prayer. Our brothers and sisters, all the house of Israel who are in confinement or captivity, whether they abide on the sea or on dry lands, may God have compassion for them and bring them forth from confinement to freedom and from darkness to light and from enslavement to redemption, now, speedily, at a near time. Amen. Amen. We've done our charity, we've done our prayer, and now we go to our study. Amen. So today, today, as you can hear, I haven't really slept much, so I hope I can, uh, I can hold my thoughts together during this time. So. Uh, I want to I want to go into a kabbalistic idea that I know that many of you really appreciate and I think that this kabbalistic idea has a lot to do with our current state during this time. So over the course of our time together over these years we have approached the sefirot from many different perspectives. But today I want to approach the sefirot from a different perspective. Actually, specifically, I want to approach the three intellectual sefirot. So I want to remind you, there are three intellectual sefirot and seven emotional sefirot. The three intellectual sefirot are chachma, which we call, um, uh, they say, they translate it as wisdom, but it doesn't mean wisdom. It's, it's the spark of creativity. It's, it's the flash of insight. When when you know something, but you can't fully explain it, I'm not talking about because you haven't slept, but you, you have that first moment with, you know, you, you know, but, but you, you can't, you can't explain it. There's the, the, you got it, you got it, but you're like trying to get it from, from on high that, that first moment where there's just that, that challenge. That's Chachma. 
Bina, again, Bina is translated as uh, understanding. I don't like that translation. Uh, what Bina is, is the the logical and the analytical breakdown of the pre-existing creative idea. So you you have that, you, you're, you're, you're grabbing for that idea in the Chachma world, that spark of creativity. And then once you have it, you have to analyze it and, and piece it apart and, and work it through. That's Bina. Now, these two are completely intellectual. One is almost not even. One is like grabbing the idea from ab- from above us. The other one, Bina, is is this the logical, uh, intellectual, the analytical breakdown. But according to Kabbalah, neither of these two sefirot lead to an emotional reaction. And I think you're going to start getting to where I'm going here. That's where we need the third one. That's dot dot. I don't know where people say knowledge, but I would say more like connection. Dot is the uh, is the brainstem. It, it doesn't involve attaining any new information. Actually, what it does is it zeroes in and it focuses on a particular piece of information. And the point of dot is to make that piece of information personal and relevant. And by making it personal and relevant, what happens? It leads to emotion. It's the brainstem. It's the connection between the three intellectual sefirot and the seven emotional sefirot. You need that connection. And that's what da'at is. Now, it's important to, to clarify that these three attributes have two possible modes. One mode is when uh, they're dormant, like your computer's asleep. You're on sleep mode on your computer, it's dormant, it exists. All you have to do is press a button and it'll wake up. And that's when there are, there's there's a capacity, a, a potential within the soul. Just kind of, it's it's sleeping, but there's, there's this there's this potential and capacity within the soul. The second mode is when they're active, when the computer woke up, when they're active in our conscious life. So if I'm busy analyzing something right now, that means that my thought is being applied to the soul attribute of Bina. I'm, I'm pushing Bina out of its dormant state into an active state. Now, if if I'm focusing on Bina right now, because I'm analyzing and I'm working through, I would say right now, literally what I'm doing right now is a Bina experience. No, so so what is Chachma and Dat doing at this moment? They're dormant. They're sleeping. Because I'm in the process of doing Bina. In, in other words, my, my thought activates these three powers and bridges them with my conscious life. So, and this is what I want to get to. If I am worrying, oh, I know I'm hitting on some uh, 
very special Jewish mothers and grandmothers right now. I am sorry. I am sorry, but I think it's important because right now, so many of us are worrying a little more than usual. So if I'm worrying over something right now, by definition, it means that my thoughts are currently in the service of God. My thoughts are currently in the service, in the capacity within the soul to connect to something and experience an emotional reaction over it, an emotional reaction. If I can manage to stop thinking about an issue, we don't ever stop thinking, but let's say stop thinking about a particular issue, that what I'm going to do in that process of not thinking about that issue is I'm cutting off the dot of this topic from my conscious life, and I'm putting it back in the dormant. It's not conscious. It's not at the forefront of my brain. And what this does is it cuts the supply line for the emotion. And because it cuts the supply line for the emotion, it's not going to be able to last. The only thing required for this is to truly have the ability to stop thinking about a particular matter. Now, we can never stop thinking, but to stop thinking about a particular matter. And so, as I was analyzing this, I was thinking, do we have this ability? Do we actually have the ability to stop thinking about a particular matter? According to Kabbalah, we do. Our internal makeup, our uh, intellectual, our emotional makeup, which are the sefirot, the the nature of the of the ten attributes of the ten sefirot themselves, is either not subject to change or very difficult to change. So again, the makeup, the intellectual, internal, intellectual and emotional makeup, is either not subject to change or very difficult to change. However. Behavior is within our control. The behavior is divided into three categories, which means the way that we express the sefirot, action, speech, and thought. Kabbalah calls these domains garments, levushim, the garments of the soul, the garments of the sefirot. So as opposed to the body, which is something we can easily change, garments are things that we put on and take off. And so think about the modality of what a garment is. It's not necessarily something that needs to be changed. It's something that needs to be removed and replaced. See, what I love about Kabbalistic metaphor is within the metaphor, you can really understand there are some things that that can be and should be changed. And there are some things, for example, like garments, that the only way to make that change is to remove and replace. That's why they're garments. Can you change a garment? Can I, can I take my shirt and say, shirt, I will change you into a pair of pants? It doesn't work that way. 
but I can remove my shirt and put on a different shirt. So that's the process of the change is the removing and replacing. That's the process of change. So we'll be back after a quick break. Are you tired of swiping right on every dating app out there and still getting nowhere? Are you convinced that you'll forever be alone, surrounded by nothing but uh, cats and empty takeout containers? <laughs> Hi, I'm Aliza Ben Shalom, the host of the new show, Jewish Matchmaking, which you can find on Netflix. And I'm the love rabbi, Rabbi Yisrael Bernath, and we're inviting you to join us for Matchmaker Matchmaker. Each week, we'll answer one of your pressing relationship questions, from how to get over your ex to how to deal with your partner's annoying habits. So if you're ready to laugh, uh, cry, or maybe even find love, then tune in to Matchmaker Matchmaker, and it's available now wherever you listen to your podcasts. We can control our thoughts. Not only we can, but I believe right now it is our responsibility to take extra care in controlling our thoughts. If we stop thinking, if we stop, not, we can't stop thinking. We can't, if we, if we stop worrying about something, then we, we're going to cut off the supply lines for the emotion. The dot, this sephira, which sustains our emotions, can only be effective if we bridge it into our conscious lives. How do we bridge it into our conscious lives? With our thoughts. Only our thoughts can bridge it into our conscious lives. Just think about that a second. No pun intended. So by using the garment, removing and replacing, by changing the thoughts, that is how we make it happen. There's a, a very, very beautiful uh, teaching. I want to bring it up here. I was looking at it earlier. It's a teaching from the third Chabad Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek, Rebbe Menachem Mendel. Uh, he... He writes over here. I'm just gonna. Sorry, I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm gonna read this thought for you because I, I think it's. I think it's really apropos. He says, uh, uh, "Each person." Second, let me. Each person has three soul garments: thought, speech, and action. We just spoke about this. That comprise the primary components of human behavior. The choice and power is granted to us to think, speak, and act according to our desire. Even if you are emotionally afraid, you're able to remove your thought, speech, and action from that emotion. Immediately upon letting go of the thought, the fear will dissolve on its own. Immediately upon letting go of the thought, the fear will dissolve on its own. At the very least, this is what he says, the fear will become dormant and will not be felt in your body. And over the course of a few days, it will completely dissipate to the point 
that it will not come up in your mind at all. Removing your thoughts from the fear will lead to the fear's dissipation because emotions come from the faculty of dots by means of your thoughts. I'm going to say that again because I think it's so important. Removing your thought from the fear will lead to the fear's dissipation. Therefore, he continues, by removing your thought, that is automatically removed from the emotion and it will not awaken. It's appropriate for you to train yourself away from all melancholy. You can remove the fear from your heart even when there is something legitimate to fear. All the more so in your case, in which, thank God, you have nothing to fear at all, whether in matters of your health or finances. This is what Samach Sadek says. I'll let, it, I'll let it land for a moment. I was uh, trying to find some kind of modern um modern parallel to this so the here's the issue and and i again i i a lot of, when i was going through this process a lot of it was in my chachma I, I couldn't bring it down i was having trouble bringing it down and so the, there's there's this idea within uh within psychology and it's written up in a in a, in a study that i saw it says like this Try to pose for yourself this task, not to think of a polar bear. And you'll see that the cursed thing will come to mind every minute. If you stop trying <laughs> to think about it, then that thing that you're stopped trying to think, you can't stand it. Like it keeps on coming back. So uh, here, the, and, and the Semach Sadek has a very powerful idea. And I'm trying to, to figure out how do you balance these two ideas? Because if you stop to think about it, it's just going to continue <laughs> forcing you to think about it. So there's a, a noted psychology professor. His name is Daniel Wegner. And he tested this quote's assumption with a simple experiment. He asked the participants of, uh, of a study to verbalize their stream of consciousness for five minutes while trying not to think of a white bear. So. Just <laughs> if the white bear came to mind, he told them to ring a bell. And despite the explicit instructions to avoid it, the participants thought of a white bear more than once per minute on average of those five minutes. I, I know you're not surprised. It seems obvious. So, I mean, just I don't know if we should do the thought experiment now. But I just wanted to give you the idea of, of how difficult this process is. And I want to uh, bring into consciousness how important this process is. Now, it's not going to happen in a second. But this is something I believe that we need to do. And especially, especially, we need to do it during this time. When we try not to think of something, a part of our minds checks in every so often to make sure the thought is not coming up. We're, 
right? That's part of the job is not to think of something. So obviously we're going to be checking to make sure the thought is not coming up. Well, what happens when you check to make sure the thought is not coming up? Boom. We end up thinking about it even more. And the emotion will be back. So I want to read the rest of the statement by the Tzamaq Tzaddik. Because I think, see, until now, if we stop the teaching, we don't have the complete story. Listen to the rest of the statement. Let me go back to the to the reading here. And I'm just translating it here. I'm reading the Hebrew, but I'm just translating it for you. Um, the primary method of removing thoughts from your mind, this is what he says, is by directing your mind towards other matters. This can be worldly things, if they're necessary, to make you happy. And... God's Torah, which delights the heart, by establishing fixed times for daily study, like what we're doing right now, particularly with another, not to only study alone, but to actually study with another. So as long as we're in the negative, what do I mean by the negative? As long as we attempt suppression and only suppression, the harder we try, we're going to think of the white polar bear. The harder we try, the deeper we're going to get ourselves in the mud. When we attempt self-distraction, I think, and this is what the Samasadak is saying, is that our efforts can get us somewhere. So if we wish to suppress a thought, it's necessary to become absorbed in something else that is interesting and engaging to us. So. This letter from the Tzamaq Tzedek, I think, features an interesting combination. I'll give you the background. Um, a disciple, a, a, a student of the rabbi, wrote him a letter. And he was complaining that he couldn't control his thoughts. And he... Um, he was suggested to go to a rabbi. I forgot the rabbi's name offhand. But when he came back to the rabbi's home, he knocked and there wasn't an answer. And he knocked louder and then louder and there was no answer. And when he went back and he banged on the shutters, but there was no answer, the hour was late and he had nowhere to go. So he curled up by the doorstep and he, and he fell asleep. And in the morning, the rabbi opens the door and he invited the man in. And he told the man, you see, I am the master of my house. If I don't want to enter, or I don't want you to enter, you're not going to get in, no matter how hard you try. And this was his lesson to the man. So the man was was writing about his worries, and in the and in the actions, in the dots, he was able to understand what was going on. And what the Samasadik did is he explained the logic, the, the, the feasibility. Everyone is different. There are various forms of worries. We have all different types of worries. Some of you are professional at all the different types of worries. But I think, and this is what I learned from this, from this study here, the goal is the same, to clear our minds 
from worrisome thoughts that cause undesired stress. That's the goal. To, to remove worrisome thoughts and whichever method you employ, that is such an important thing for us to do right now. So I have a lot of other ideas with regards to this thing, but I, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll continue going over this as time goes on. Um, that is my, my initial thought for today. I'd love to hear your feedback and where your processing is going and, and what's happening here and how you're processing this information. And so I'm going to turn off the recording. And so for those of you who are just watching the recording, I want you to, to pro take a minute now and process it. And obviously through that process, I hope that you can have in mind those who need our prayers. And remember, every single time we get together during this time, charity, prayer, and study. Hi, Rabbi Bernath here. I have some great news for you. My popular four-week course, Kabbalah for Everyone, is available right now for free for the next 50 people who download it. All you have to do is go to www.theloverabbi.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and you're going to see the download button right there. In this course, I talk about the Kabbalistic secrets to relationships, to wealth, to happiness, and balance. This special offer has been dedicated in loving memory of Ellie Dorfman. I look forward to hearing from you and hope you enjoy the course. Now on to today's episode. <music> 